Welcome to This Week in the Lectionary, a podcast for looking at, listening to, and lingering in the weekly scriptures found in the Revised Common Lectionary. Faith comes from hearing, so let us together hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Sixth Sunday of Easter, Year A. Our readings this week remind us that God is always with us and always caring for us, no matter where we are or what the circumstance. In our first reading, Paul tells us how God desires for all people in all places to look for and find him. The psalm is our response to God's loving care for us. The second reading tells us that Christ suffered for all of us, righteous and sinners alike. And in the gospel, Jesus tells us that he has not abandoned us, He has sent the Holy Spirit to be with us always. We begin with prayer. O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The first reading comes from Acts 17. On his second missionary journey, Paul has crossed Asia Minor, modern Turkey, and has arrived in Athens, a city known for its interest in the divine and its openness to discussion of philosophies and religions. He argues for Christianity in the synagogue and in the marketplace. Epicurean and Stoic philosophers see him as dabbling in philosophy and proclaiming foreign divinities of Jesus and the resurrection, possibly thought by them to be a god. He is invited to join in philosophical discussions at the Areopagus, on edge of the marketplace. He presents the good news to a people of a culture very different from the one in which it was first proclaimed. He explains it in their terms. Acts 17, beginning in the 22nd verse. Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him. Though indeed he is not far from each of us, For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. 
The Word of the Lord. The Psalm is Psalm 66. All the earth, not just Israel, is invited to join in praising God, seen as powerful in His deeds. Throughout history, He has done great things among mortals. His rule is worldwide over all the nations. Verses 8 to 12 are a communal thanksgiving. God preserves us in life. He protects us. In past difficulties, He has tested us, purifying us as silver ore is changed to pure silver. Israel has been subjugated by other people, perhaps during the exile. Yet after enduring every kind of difficulty, God has brought her to freedom again. In verses 13 to 20, an individual, perhaps the king, vows to offer sacrifice in the temple in thanks. He invites the community to hear what God has done for him. He was repentant, so God listened to him, and as heeded his requests, made him prayer. Blessed be God for hearing and for his covenant love. A portion of Psalm 66. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard who holds our souls in life and will not allow our feet to slip. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us just as silver is tried. You brought us into the snare. You laid heavy burdens upon our backs. You let enemies ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out into a place of refreshment. I will enter your house with burnt offerings and will pay you my vows, which I promised with my lips and spoke with my mouth when I was in trouble. I will offer you sacrifices of fat beasts with the smoke of rams. I will give you oxen and goats. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I called out to him with my mouth, and his praise was on my tongue. If I had found evil in my heart, the Lord would not have heard me. But in truth, God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not rejected my prayer, nor withheld his love from me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The second reading comes from 1 Peter 3. Peter has noted the persecution being endured by his readers. Now he treats the topic explicitly. Who will weaken you in your faith or cause you to lose it? As verse 16 shows, if is an understatement. When is meant. Suffering for good conduct puts you in a happy and fortunate state with God. Reverence for God should transcend all fears. Be prepared to defend your commitment to Christ and your faith in Him to anyone who asks. Continue to live ethical, godly lives so that your persecutors may be shamed and desist from harrowing you. It is morally better to suffer for doing God's will. Christ the righteous is your example of suffering. He brings you to God. He really died, but he overcame death. Even the condemnation carried out in the flood is overcome by the power of the gospel, for Jesus proclaimed it to the wayward dead, so that their fate may be reversed. The saving of Noah and his family through water is the forerunner of baptism. It saves not by ritual cleansing, but rather by putting you in a state to be found worthy at the last day, sharing as we do in Christ's death and resurrection. Christ is now in heaven where heavenly powers are subject to him. 1 Peter 3, beginning in the 13th verse. 
Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. The Word of the Lord. The Gospel comes from John 14. Jesus continues to prepare his disciples for his departure. He has given them a special commandment to love one another just as he has loved them. Love requires obedience, and those who love him are those who obey. Keeping Jesus' commandments makes possible the continuance of their relationship with him. But how? The Father will send them another representative of God, also in God, as their advocate or champion, one who will support, help, and intercede for them. This is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, of faith, of revealed doctrine. He is neither perceivable nor knowable by unbelievers, so they have no access to Him. But you both recognize or know Him, because He will be within you and will remain in you. Jesus will come to you in the Spirit. After Jesus' death, unbelievers will not perceive Him, but you will, because He lives in a special way, so will you. When He returns at the end of this era, you will recognize that you have been taken into intimate association with both the Father and the Son. But this will only be so for followers who have divine love and show it by obeying Jesus. Only to them will Jesus, the risen Christ, appear. John 14, beginning in the 15th verse. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Word of the Lord. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them 
read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on This Week in the Lectionary. I'm curious as to what you noticed or wonder about this week's scriptures. We'd love for you to join us in our discussion group. And if you know anyone else who could benefit from or might be a benefit to this community, feel free to share with them. May his words be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path in the coming week.